Checking in on 49ers free agency, should the team bring back some ex-49ers contributors that happen to be on the market? And what one top cornerback in the NFL had to say about 49ers wide receiver Brandon Ayuk? All that and more coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you as always at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. A very special guest joining us momentarily. Thanks everybody for, and he's already here if you're watching this on YouTube. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Appreciate all the everydayers subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by FanDuel, make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And now let's bring on today's guest. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. Can't believe it. Action News 8 Sports with Nick Winkler. Nicholas Winkler, my former radio colleague, uh, likes to join us as the voice of the fan once a week on our Winky Wednesday episodes. And uh, we are now in off-season mode, Wink, and it wouldn't be a 49ers off-season if there wasn't some weirdness about a big contract and maybe holdouts looming. Are we going to trade a guy? So uh, no quarterback nonsense. This is the cleanest quarterback off-season we've had in half a decade for the 49ers. Uh, but there is going to be some uh, some some interesting topics here, uh, none less than Brandon Ayuk looks like he's going to be the number one, but uh, some some players that could enter the organization that we are familiar with as well. Uh, thank you once again for joining us, Wink. What are your what are your big thoughts about free agency? We've already done the off season needs episode, but is there something that jumps out to you, Wink, that you're like, okay, this San Francisco 49ers team has to do this? Yeah, I mean, run it back, right? I mean, a lot of these guys, you know, are, are going to come back on on good contracts. Some. Not so good contracts. Maybe you need to restructure a couple of those or extend some guys and, uh, and you know, put some of that money that's due next year later. I'm sure you guys have gotten into all that. Um, really, I think the biggest need is going to be filling that gap alongside Fred Warner. I mean, that to me is hopefully Drake Greenlaw comes back soon. I know that they did a procedure that's supposed to shorten the recovery time, which is fantastic news. That being said, you know, season starts in eight months, right? So in less than that, seven months. So is he going to be able to come back from that and then start the season? Definitely not. But will he come back at some point? Probably. So is it going to be like a stopgap you're looking for at a middle linebacker position or a guy that could take over that role and Drake Greenlock could be more of a, a filling guy when he comes back and not have to rush him back? To me, I think that's the biggest uh, hole or a need in the offseason here for the 49ers. Croc, there's the name that we know can fill that role because he's filled it in the past and he was gone for a year in Tennessee, but he was only on a one year contract. Aziz Al Shair linebacker is a free agent again and on the market. Should the 49ers give him a call and maybe bring him back home? I definitely think you have to make that call and kind of see what he wants. You also have two young guys that you just drafted D winners, Jalen Graham. How much do you like those younger guys? But uh, aside from that, it definitely would not hurt uh, bring in a guy that was a veteran and played extremely well for you, especially when you have Drake Greenlaw coming off of an injury. Oren Burke's a free agent. Uh, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles also a free agent. So yeah, the 49ers, if they, if they're really confident with 
Drake Greenlaw coming back at some point during the season, then you would think that, and I've heard people talk about maybe Drake Greenlaw gets cut, released. It's like, ah, man, that, that would be done. That'd be doing him pretty dirty. And I can't imagine the 49ers do that. And I think they like him too much as a player. They want him to see if he can get back and be hundred percent for another playoff run next year, even if he doesn't come back for the first half of the season. Uh, so we'll see the, the timeline. Uh, I don't know what the name is. Is it internal brace? Is it the, is it the Brock Purdy surgery, but on the, on the Achilles instead? Uh, I don't know what the exact surgery is, but that's the timeline I saw six to eight months. That puts you pretty close to the beginning of the season. So We'll see what it looks like with Drake. and Drake Greenlaw kind of needs to heal up from all the other stuff. He's got like arm, uh, he's got like all kinds of titanium on his arm, and he, he's this guy puts his body on the line. Um, so Jalen Graham and D Winters that will be once the team hits the field in summer in OTAs. Who's taking the reps? Where do the 49ers dip into free agency? Uh, I love the idea of Al Shire, but I don't think they have to do a lot. And heck. You can add another day three linebacker to the mix as well in the draft and let the young guys fight it out for depth, for special teams roles uh, after Fred Warner there. And you hope that Dre Greenlaw comes back. So as long as they don't get bad news on Dre Greenlaw, I don't think you need to do a lot at linebacker. But it is a sneaky need. you got to add some bodies there because they still have two pending uh, in-house free agents in Burks and Flanagan Fowles as well. But we saw how much that position, you know, with Greenlaw out hurt them. In the Super Bowl. And another former 49er that's available in free agency, too. A little bit older guy who played well with his time in San Francisco is Quan Alexander. I mean, there's another guy that could be like a stopgap kind of fill-in guy who also – another guy who just put his body on the line every play. You know, he's flying around. He's like a heat-seeking missile out there. I, I loved Alexander when he was with the Niners. Uh, hot boys, right? Is that, isn't that what they were? Hot boys originally with with, with uh, Quan Alexander? I like the energy that he brought to the linebacker mm-hmm. group. And we look at Fred Warner, Jerry Greenlaw, uh, the energy, the effort that you see them play with, playing and play out. I feel like Quan Alexander kind of started that. You got to break the tie for us, Wink, as well. So when we did our offseason mm-hmm. needs, we, we kind of ran it down as the top five needs. Croc thought maybe defensive end would be number one. Uh, I had offensive tackle number one. How do you see it? And, uh, you know, there's a lot of in-house free agents. Obviously, the 49ers have to figure out. So they have to add bodies either spot how do you see the top need for the 49ers yeah i think it's probably offensive tackle just because you kind of saw how bad you know it kind of was on the right side it wasn't horrible it was was some decent play and trent williams is going to be gone too right you can't bank on trent williams for that much longer i mean maybe one more season maybe two like i think you're really stretching it if you go beyond just one more season for williams so maybe you bring in a guy you know can can learn behind the greatest of all time really i mean one one of the best in, in williams as for defensive end always always a need right but i feel like the 49ers just have this knack of going out and, and getting guys on one year deals and they just they fill in and then go out and get paid somewhere else so i mean is that just another thing that the 49ers do in the offseason and kind of roll the dice on that and hope hey we've been getting lucky the last two or three years with these one year deals maybe we just do that again i'm trying to look up how long Trent Williams is signed for and it looks like his contract goes through 2026. So hmm. that's interesting. I thought he only had two more years on it. Um, and so that's the same because there was a restructure. So I wonder if years were added. Okay. So we got void year. Yeah. That's a void year situation. It looks like. Um, so let me, let me just pull up the official whole Trent Williams contract. 
and uh, and let's see. So Trent Williams is signed through yeah 2026. So it, it does void in 2027. Mm. So he is signed for uh, what three more seasons? And uh, McCaffrey signed for two more seasons. Hargrave for three more seasons. Uh, Debo for two more seasons. So there's a lot of uh, not a lot of looming big contracts for the 49ers in house. There's just a few minor ones and in role players for the most part that they have to figure out. So they don't have to spend a lot of money in free agency. Uh, the key is with all these position groups, though, is is the young players, and it's hard to know because you don't. We didn't see a lot of. We saw a little Ronnie Bell, and then he kind of like disappeared. We didn't see any Danny Gray this year. We didn't see hardly any uh, Jalen Graham, even though you know he was the hot name coming out of camp as a seventh round linebacker. D. Winters saw little more of him. He was on special teams though, mostly. So the the young players is the key because you never know. Aaron Banks, remember a few years ago, didn't see him at all as a rookie. And all of a sudden, nope, he's a starting left guard. We're done. We're done there. And so um, that'll be huge with the young guys and how they develop in, in filling some of the holes. And the 49ers, again, obviously have a, a, a first-round pick and a second-round pick and a third-round pick and, I guess, what, another comp pick as well. So they've got a lot. This is going to be a big rookie class for the 49ers that could potentially carry a little weight in the locker room as well versus some uh, recent really three recent draft classes. I've got a couple other names I want to run by you guys as former 49ers that could reunite with the team. Three new names, four total counting Aziz Alshair, and I could see fits with all of them. And then there's even some other names out there for the 49ers potentially next. This episode of Locked Up 49ers is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel because right now, New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players with quick bets, live, same-game parlays. Uh, We're talking exclusive props, tons of ways to bet on the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, spring training is getting going, so those games are going to be firing up soon as well. And, of course, those draft props, which I love to play on FanDuel. And you can get involved. All you got to do? Is go to fanduel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sports book partner of the NBA. How about DJ Jones? This is one of my favorites, guys. Mm. DJ Jones, uh, he signed a big contract. Very likely he's going to be available in the offseason. And it just so happens that the 49ers have a bunch of uh, free agents on the interior, Kinlaw being the biggest one. And I, I know you got Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave, but man, that 6'1", 320-pound frame, that guy that can hold up against the run, I, I just really feel like they never properly replaced DJ Jones. And I love that he was able to get a nice contract uh, with the Denver Broncos. I don't think that contract is going to see the end. So if he's available, what do you guys think? DJ Jones bringing him back home to the San Francisco 49ers. Talked a lot about the 49ers kind of bolstering up the interior defensive line and really where they're lacking. And we even talked about potentially, hey, is there a way that they can move Armstead outside so they can maybe bring Kenlaw inside and have some help against kind of those outside tosses and those pin downs that teams were doing. So, uh, you know, clearly I think bringing in a guy like DJ Jones allows the 49ers to kind of get back to what they originally were on the D-line, which was uh, Armstead being that big in and being able to go inside on passing down situations. 
Yeah, the the faithful everydayers that that go back years, they they know my love for DJ Jones because I used to just sit here and be like, oh, DJ Jones, I love him, I love, I love what he does, I love he eats up two guys, you know, he he, he sheds guys and makes tackles, he does all the dirty stuff, right? All the all the stuff that like a Justin Smith used to do, like he kind of reminds me of that. Like I, I was a huge fan, so I, I would love for him to come back. That that would be a fantastic fit for the 49ers. He could penetrate a little bit as well too. So yeah, yeah I love DJ Jones. Uh he's going into his age 29 season, so you know, still plenty of life left there and for the Broncos, they would save almost 10 million dollars. He got a pretty big contract. He was a, it was a 3-year 30 million dollar contract for for DJ Jones and it was heavily backloaded and so he might not see this last season where it's a nine and a half million dollar base salary and they would save uh a little bit more than nine and a half almost ten million dollars in cap savings with about three million in dead money if they were to cut dj jones and that's what folks close to the broncos expect to happen there so dj jones available for the 49ers might be the right fit at the right money and just the right guy that they know can handle the job and then you got some serious depth there on the interior and um and may, may still go into the draft as well with another defensive tackle there. But I, I love the idea of DJ Jones. Love the idea of Al Shire as well. Here's another one. I know it's a guy that Croc loved as a player, and that is Emmanuel Mosley. And unfortunately, he's had a ton of injuries in his career. And, uh, you know, he wasn't really a, a difference-making player, uh, mostly due to injuries, again, for the uh, for the Detroit Lions when he signed that contract with them. How about, Croc, Emmanuel Mosley? coming back home to the 49ers and, and filling a role competing for that other outside cornerback spot. I think throwing bodies at that position, especially, you know, de- depending on how much they like Darrell Luter, you know, that's a guy who mm-hmm. was getting playing time and ball may or may not went off his foot in the fort in late in that chiefs game, yeah. but, but yeah, <laughs> working his way, you know, through this throughout this offseason to be a guy that they can count on to potentially play on the outside, but you don't just hand them that job or hand Ambry, Thomas, that job, you have those guys compete with a guy like Emmanuel Mosley, who is very familiar with the 49ers and how Kyle Shanahan likes his defense to play things. So uh, I think bringing him back would be terrific for the 49ers. And if it works out, awesome. If it doesn't, okay, you know, looter, please step up. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, I think with Mosley, you just you remember the good times, right? As a 49er fan, like he had one amazing season, right? He had another couple other good seasons, but like the one year, I don't remember what year it was, but I mean, he was a stud. He was almost a lockdown corner out there. It was fun to watch when it came to Emmanuel Mosley. Like, I'd love to see a guy. You talk about throwing names out there, you know, or just bringing in guys and, and hoping one of them sticks. There's a couple other former 49ers as well. I mean, what what about Kwan Williams? Like he was talk about a lockdown slot receiver. That's another guy who's available in free agency, uh, who I think would be great for the 49ers as well. Cause that that's a spot they they need to kind of shore up, I think. It, it's just everywhere in the secondary, right? And you, you've got two solid guys right now. You 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 love what Ward's doing, you love what Lenore's doing, right? Bring in a third guy. Bring in another. I didn't I didn't like seeing Ambry Thomas out there. There's a lot of a lot of rough play from Ambry Thomas. Like Bring in guys. It, it, maybe they're not former 49ers, but here's a couple that, that could possibly fill the role. Sam Womack, what is going on there? It, it seems like the team does not trust him and didn't really mm-hmm. give him an opportunity outside or inside this year. And uh, if he's not in the plans, then he's not in the plans. And, and maybe that's it. And, you know, you do have Darrell Luter as well. But, um, you know, d- I, I really feel like you got you to gotta go high in the draft potentially at cornerback as well to, to maybe fix that position. And uh, I, I'm interested to see what Darrell Luter looks like. He didn't get to start the season healthy. Uh, you know, he had the special teams 
gaff there with it bouncing off his foot, uh, which is super unfortunate in the in the Super Bowl. But that says nothing about what he could be as a cover guy. And um, and I'm excited to see what he looks like in year two. But yeah, you got to you got to bring in options, and you got to you got to make sure you're solidified there and a little stickier in coverage than the 49ers were last year under Steve Wilkes. So I think there's some scheme stuff, and I think there's some personnel stuff that they can fix up with their cornerbacks. What about another like way back guy? What about a Keller Witherspoon? I most 49ers fans would say no. I think Croc is more behind Witherspoon than others, but I don't know if the 49ers loved Witherspoon. And so I would get I would I, I would feel the vibe that the Niners would be like, now nah, we we're, we're cool with Witherspoon. I like Witherspoon more than Ambry Thomas, so yeah. <laughs> I, I would True certainly that. play Witherspoon over Ambry Thomas right now. And, and Amber Thomas showed some signs, but it's just been so up and down with him. It's just like there's not a lot of trust there. I think that was Witherspoon's thing, right? A lot of inconsistency up and down, but his ups were really high. His lows were just like, what the heck was that, Spoon? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, when it comes to wide receivers, about Kendrick Bourne had a nice little three-year run, got some money, got mm-hmm. paid by the uh, New England Patriots, and now is hitting unrestricted free agency. We know Kyle Shanahan liked him. Uh, we know he can get open on third downs. He was he was third in Juwan. He was third in Kendrick before third in Juwan showed up. Basically, uh, is there even a role for him? Because Juwan Jennings has kind of taken that role, and he's a restricted free agent. The 49ers will no doubt put a tender on him, and, and he'll be back unless there's some some trades in the mix. Maybe they need a body. And we went through that whole episode, Croc, talking about Brandon Ayuk, and if you trade him, well, who's the guy that, that fills the role in the short term, even if you draft a player? Maybe Kendrick Bourne's that guy. I would hope that is Kendrick Bourne. I mean, I really liked him. And before we came on the air, you know, we were talking about Kendrick Bourne and, and you know, how he's able to go to New England and, and play well. And he kind of uh, played out that entire contract where, you know, a lot of times you, you said it, you don't see guys really get to the end of the contract. He played out the whole thing, made him some money. And I don't think he's done making money. And I'm not saying he's going to make big money, but I could see him signing somewhere two years, $10 million, a $4 million guarantee, something along those lines. And if it's with the 49ers, I'd welcome that. You know, we talk about Jawan Jennings and what he brings. I like Kendrick Bourne more. I think he was an aggressive blocker. I think he took a lot of pride in doing those things. Uh, and you watch how he's able to get open. And I just think he was a little bit more dynamic of a player. So, I mean, at one point with New England, he was their number one option. Hey, you can yeah. come to 49ers. You don't have to be the number one option. You can be the third option, fourth option, fifth option. But I still like that more on the field than what the 49ers have fielded. Uh, so, uh, and, I, and I like Juwan Jennings, but I just don't think he's been Kendrick Bourne and what Kendrick Bourne was to the 49ers. Yeah, I, I love Juwan Jennings. I mean, he was a uh, you know an overthrow in the Super Bowl away from maybe being Super Bowl MVP, right? If he catches that, you know that that touchdown and he has two touchdown receiving and one throwing, you know, like that that would have been an amazing. It was it was a great game from Jennings, and that's not even talking about all the blocking he did too, because I love Juwan Jennings. I also mm-hmm. loved Kendrick Bourne. I was a big Bourne fan. I was sad to see him go. Happy that he got paid when he left. I was like, oh, good for you. Good for you, Kendrick. No way you're getting that with San Francisco, but good for you. Bourne and DJ Jones are both the same. It's like, oh, man, would love to keep him. And then you see what they got with the other team. You're like, "Eh, I guess, yeah, Kendrick would pay that. So, you know, have fun. And, and, you know, maybe we'll see you again sometime. And who knows? Maybe that time is now. 
And maybe, you know, if he doesn't, you talk about him getting paid, Croc. Obviously, if he wants to get paid, it's not going to be in San Francisco. But if he's, you know, if he's not getting those contract offers and he does want to come back and, and be a third or fourth option, I mean, Chris Conley made some really big plays for the 49ers in the postseason. Like, is that the kind of role that maybe Kendrick Bourne could fill in a little bit better? Than, than Con- Conley did a great job. Hats off to him. But, you know, Kendrick Bourne, as a 49er fan, anybody listening to this remembers, Kendrick Bourne was a clutch possession receiver he was he was good as a 49er Conley too Conley probably doesn't get enough credit for for what he did and you yeah. know he's sort of an afterthought guy that bounced around the pack squad got called up he was good in the playoffs uh he can play special teams as well Chris Conley I think can can stick no matter what the 49ers do unless they add a bunch of uh, you know like a drafts a couple of high rookies or something like that and, and it's a numbers game but Chris Conley underrated what he did with the 49ers. I liked him as a, you know, what was he, number four receiver? I don't even know if he was number four, but he definitely made the most of the opportunities that he was given, which were very slim. But mm-hmm. in moments where you needed a guy to come through, whether mm-hmm. it was on third down or on special teams, uh, you know, he was able to do those things. So definitely not someone to kind of overlook. And when you watch him in training camp, a lot of times, you know, maybe sometimes we're a little far away, but it's like, is that Brandon Ayuk? I ain't saying he's Brandon Ayuk, but <laughs> you could just the way they look, the way they kind of move at times, you can get it confused a little bit. And I think that yeah. bodes well for him, you know, potentially being someone the 49ers bring back on some type of role. Maybe yeah, special I, teams, because you talk about Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick yeah. Bourne was never a special teamer, but maybe True. that's where they're like, ah, we can keep. This guy, any plays special teams as opposed to spending more money on the center guy. Since we're talking about wide receivers, guys, do we think there'll be a Danny Gray sighting next year? Man, I they they thought so little of Danny Gray that once he was healthy, they never Nothing. activated him. Mm-mm. They're just like, sorry, dude, you don't get to play. Like that's it. I, so I and from what I saw on the field, I. I I don't know. It's hard because we haven't seen him since we saw him a little bit in camp, right? Croc, and we're like, okay, maybe he's you know developed a little something, but we thought he was underdeveloped as a route runner, as a receiver, and, and Croc can go into more detail on on why that is as a rookie. But that was eighteen months ago. Like I, mm-hmm. I haven't seen the guy in a long time, so I don't know what he looks like. Maybe he's developed more. I mean, maybe he just ended up in the the Kyle Shanahan doghouse. I I don't know, but um, it was year three that we saw Brandon Ayuk do big things. So I, I wouldn't bury him yet, but I would also expect that he's not big in the plans. And again, not a special teams guy either. Next, a few names I want to throw at you guys that are being reported that could be cut by the 49ers and uh, a couple of pretty big names in there. And then what Sauce Gardner said, maybe the best shutdown corner in the league right now, what he said about Brandon Ayuk. Next. Thanks again to all the everydayers out there that are plugged in and subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Juszczyk, could he get the axe? Could the 49ers go either into the draft and find some, you know, like draft some fullback that we're, that we don't that we're not thinking about right now uh in the third round like they did with the kicker last year and say well we're going to get cheaper at this position and we're going to draft the best one of these guys that exist in the NFL draft this year try to find our next Kyle Use check use check if he was released he would save the 49ers about 4.9 million dollars against the cap there would still be some dead money there uh but I, I've seen this name thrown out multiple times in different reports that Kyle use check could be cut and maybe even Kyle Shanahan could kind of go to a could go to an offense like a lot of his proteges and a lot of the other Shanahan tree coaches 
without a fullback at all. Use more H-back, more tight ends in that role. Maybe go dual halfback at times and just go more three wide receivers. So that's an interesting one. The other names I've seen out there is center Jake Brendel, who's only, I think, on the second year, right? Entering the second year of his contract. Wasn't a big money contract, but you could save a couple of million dollars there, but you have more dead money than money saved. So I'm not buying the Jake Brendel cut, but Isaiah Oliver, I think, is the most likely to be cut just because of his role and not... I think he's a safety now. Do they want to keep him at safety uh, for $2 million or $2.5 million that they could save if they did cut him? So probably not. I would think Isaiah Oliver does get cut this year, and I don't think the 49ers want to utilize him in the slot at nickel either. And then Colton McKivitz as well. The 49ers could save about $3 million against the cap if they were to cut Colton McKivitz, especially if they're trying to bring in a new starter there. So what do you guys think there? The big name, obviously, and and I've heard Dre Greenlaw thrown out there, and I'm I'm gonna say big no to that one right off the bat. So I'm not even gonna put I'm not even gonna tee that one up for you guys, but Kyle Uzcheck's the big name on that list. I'd be shocked, I think, if Kyle Juszczyk was cut. I think there's a restructure there. I think he loves playing with these guys. I think he loves Shanahan. I think Shanahan loves him. I think they got a special kind of relationship. And I think that, if anything else, we may see a two- or three-year extension uh, where they spread that money out and, and backload it a little bit. I think he's a part of the Cabo Club. So I'm just going to say yeah. that. Isn't he part yep, of the yep. Cabo Club? I don't know if you can get cut if you're in the Cabo Club. <laughs> I, I don't think you do. I think they figure out a way to, you know, restructure things to where it makes sense for both sides. And uh, he continues to be a 49ers legend. Mm-hmm. Croc, did you see the comments from Sauce Gardner about Brandon Ayuk? I did. Hey, it it, it kind of sounds like Eric Crocker a little bit. He does. So for those of you that didn't check <laughs> it on Twitter, uh, he calls himself Lay Sauce. GM in parentheses. So uh, Sauce Gardner, maybe a future GM, and he, he kind of weighs in on some things. And uh, when it's like uh, roster stuff, it, he he signs it Lay Sauce GM. So well, first, uh, did you did you see why he even mentioned? I, I saw or, that or I'm looking at it right now, and it, it was a tweet from Emmanuel Acho, and uh, they were doing uh, what was it Fox Sports One FS One uh, is what the, the channel he's on, and they were talking about Brandon Ayuk and. Uh, and basically he's a beast, but only caught three, only had three catches versus the Packers, only three catches versus the Lions. You know, obviously Super Bowl, we've talked about uh, his lack of usage there. And uh, if he's expendable for the 49ers and Sauce Gardner chimes in to that and he says, quote, Ayuk is one wide receiver I see who gets open the majority of the game, but don't get thrown the ball. And he can win in contested situations. So he even even if he's not wide open, he should get the opportunity to make the play on the ball instead of throwing it away. Uh, and that is again signed Lay Sauce GM Sauce Gardner. He's basically saying what I think a lot of people understand, but knowing the 49ers situation is just not that easy. Heck, I got into an argument or a debate with the the uh, the infamous group chat, and they were talking about just how good is Brandon Ayuk. And I think a, a lot of the, the talk surrounding Brandon Ayuk, people don't truly understand like exactly what's going on. First, everybody knows 49ers have a ton of weapons, so there's only one ball to go around to all these guys. But for Brandon Ayuk, and somebody else had this tweet where there was they listed a bunch of receivers, and they're like, would you take Brandon Ayuk over any of these guys? I say no. And I say that's crazy because he has the hardest job out of all the guys mentioned. He's the only guy that the 49ers just line up and say, go win. Like, mm-hmm. just line up and go win. Every other guy, you talk about Amon Ross St. Brown or Keenan Allen or all these receivers, 
they get motioned across the formations. They get put in advantageous situations for them to be able to win the easiest route possible. The 49ers do not do that with Brandon Ayuk. It's, hey, you got this over route, and if this guy clears it out, then we might get you the ball. If not, we might just check it down or throw it to Christian McCaffrey. But nothing is, okay, we are 100% just going to Brandon Ayuk playing and play out. He doesn't get those type of looks or those type of targets. So I think when you hear comments like what Emmanuel Acho said, it comes off as, in my opinion, for someone who just watches every single snap of the 49ers, a little ignorant to what the situation is for Brandon Ayuk, which led to his frustrations after the Super Bowl, posting jerseys and uniforms and people coming out. Because like, hey, I can be much more than this, but this is just what my situation is right now. Yeah, and I think when it comes from a source like Sauce Gardner, too, who many would believe that he is the best cornerback in football right now, like, that says a lot. This is the guy that probably watches a ton of film, right? He watches receivers. He studies them. He knows what he's going up against. And, and to have that kind of high praise for a guy like Brandon Ayuk, I, I think that says a lot. There was a player early in the game, you know, and Brock Perk did a terrific job of hitting uh, Ray Ray McLeod on a crosser route. And it was kind of clear what the concept of the play was. Brandon Knight, you're you're going to run straight through the defense. You're going to pull the cornerback. You're going to pull the safety out of there. And that's going to open up things over the middle for Ray Ray McLeod. And it worked out just like that. And McLeod was able to catch a pass. But if you went more the uh, Steve Young route, which is touchdown and check down or touchdown and work down that way, you would have went to Ike because he outran all the DBs yeah. by five yards. He was passing. And and it's like, well, that's not the offense. So the quarterbacks, his eyes aren't even really going there. There are some people that are like, well, isn't 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 this a kind of a uh, not a compliment for the quarterback, Brock Purdy? And it's like, well, no, because Brock Purdy does what he's supposed to do within how the offense is supposed to be ran, and he runs it at an efficiently high level. But if they wanted to be a little bit more aggressive, they will go more. All right, yes, he's a clear out guy, but let me see if he outruns his safety because the safety is flat footed. And if he does, then we can throw that, even though this crosser route is technically the right decision to make. By the way, Sauce was asked also about Debo, and he went on to say, when Debo's on the field, the 49ers can do a lot more than when he's not on the field, so I wouldn't trade him either. So uh, he likes both the 49ers wide receivers. Game recognized the game there with uh, with Sauce Gardner. Uh, and, and that's why I think that in all this and in all the way out here, Wink, we can get your perspective on on Brandon Ayuk. You you weren't here to weigh in on it when we talked about it earlier this week, and you know I'm sure it's a topic that's going to continue throughout the off season. Um, but I just think you bring you bring everybody back one more time, and the path to do that is you re-sign Brandon Ayuk, and by re by by extending Ayuk, you're saying okay, you are you are ascending to the number one status, and we're going to start featuring you and getting you the ball and all of those things. And you one more run with Debo this year. You trade Debo next offseason. That's your yes, your you know, that's the window, the 2024 window. Have the best unit then possible. And then we're worried about 2025 and beyond at wide receiver to pair with Brandon Ayuk, who is the true wide receiver one at that point, with an aging Christian McCaffrey, who's a running back. And you know, uh, we we know how that can go at that position. And then George Kittle, who's you know already 30 years old too, and, and he'll be getting to the close to, to the end of his contract. So I, I think it's it, it only makes sense that the guy who's just turned 26 or I think he's yet to turn 26 years old. Brandon Ayuk is the one that you got to make sure you have around for that long developmental period to go with, uh, to go with Brock Purdy. Well, the the, uh, I was going to say, go but the 49ers finally get that big fast receiver. No, 
that that's off the table. Well, then, and that's what you pair. So that's what you do. So then you use, then you start utilizing Brandon Ayuk with a little bit more of the shorter stuff and the stuff where you're bunching him up. And then you get another receiver that's got the speed. That's the bigger body guy that you develop to pair with him. That's the way I like it. Mm-hmm. Which means I mean, Kyle Shanahan would do the opposite. Which is not what's yeah, going to happen. Right? Which no, gonna he's going to he's going to go get a running back style guy and put him out there. You know, as, yeah, he, as he likes to it. do. He's going to find a guy who is five eleven and a half, uh, and that doesn't separate down the field, but can get open short. That's what Kyle Shanahan is going to find in this draft, and that's what we're going to. That's the offense we're going to see. That's that's guys. What it is. Maybe Danny Gray will figure it out, and there's your speed. There's the guy that takes the top off the defense, right, and opens everything else up underneath. And you know what? Like top speed is fine, and that's cool too. But uh, there's a lot. Like there's a big gap of stuff between like okay you run straight four three and you're half running back half receiver like there's a lot of stuff in between and like i use the only guy that does that and like conley is like probably the, the next guy who's like yeah. oh he's actually a wide a wide re- i always use the term wide receiver he's a wide receiver wide receiver right and i use the only one they have it's like that because john jennings is is, is awesome but you know he's part tight end right yeah Ray Ray mcleod's uh, kind of like in the debo mold yeah he's yeah yeah he's like a mini debo he's a special teams slot guy he's not the you know line him up outside type of a wide receiver brandon brandon Ayuk's really the only one they got i think they could use more of those guys and especially when you consider what mccaffrey can do out of the backfield and if you want to elongate mccaffrey's career i think probably fewer touches as a running back yeah. would be better move him around and then now you have your your Debo stuff in 2025 if you're gonna if you're gonna choose between these players you get them all together one more year and then you trade Debo and then you still have McCaffrey and then you have a younger receiver you're developing to pair as the number two with Brandon Ayuk being the number one I think that's just the most logical way to go about it until Brandon Ayuk's agent says, we demand a trade, which I'm sure is coming. And when that does come, we'll have a podcast right here about it because there's never a dull moment, even in the offseason for the San Francisco 49ers. And Croc and I are here, Locked On 49ers, covering it for you every single day. Wink, always appreciate you stopping by on Wednesdays. My pleasure, gentlemen. Hey, thanks to all the everydayers out there. Make sure you're subscribed. Croc and I back tomorrow, Locked On 49ers.